Welcome to day three of our look together through Mark chapter three and daily drive time devotions. We're going to look at verses 13 to 19 today. Let me begin by reading those verses for you. Mark 3, 13 to 19. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the 12 he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boarginese, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. This is Jesus' calling of the twelve apostles. And the reason that he called these apostles and the tasks that he gave to them are all important because we're his disciples too. We can learn much from what happened in the lives of these twelve much about what you and I are to do and how you and I are to live out the life of faith and the journey of service that Jesus Christ has given to us. Now, let me just set the scene before we talk about what you and I can learn from these disciples, these first apostles. Jesus already had a number of disciples following him, far more than 12. We saw him call Matthew earlier as we walked through the book of Mark. But now he's going to call out 12 from that larger number that's already following him to be his apostles. These 12 will become the ones who carry on his message after his death and resurrection. Now, why 12? I mean, why didn't he call nine apostles? Why didn't he call 14? Well, one reason that many people have suggested is that there are 12 tribes of Israel. And when you get to the book of Revelation, you see that God has a plan here. The 12 tribes and the 12 apostles and there's 12 stones and the eternal city that all these things begin to match up. So God knows what he's doing. But the reason for 12, as far as God's plan, has more to do, when you and I look at it on a practical basis, with the fact that God wanted to work through a group of men to make a difference in the world. And Jesus set aside a large enough group that they could go to the entire world. Now, when you look at these disciples, these apostles, why call, why set apart these disciples? Who were these men? What what specifically were they called to do? What resources were they given? When you get a hold of that, you begin to get a hold of the kind of life that God wants you and I to live in everyday life. Why did he call disciples? He'd been attracting a lot of people. He had big enough crowds. So why did he need to set aside 12? Well, it was the best way to ensure a quality ministry, and it was also the best way to ensure a quantity ministry. Jesus knew that he was going to die after just three years of public ministry and that someone else would have to carry the message on. And he needed these people who would be close to him, who would be true disciples, who would learn and be able to carry on the quality of life and ministry after he left. You see, in the end, you're committed to what you follow. Miracle seekers are committed to seeing miracles in the end. People who love large crowds and being in large crowds are committed to seeking out places where there are large crowds. Disciples are committed to Jesus. Jesus said to these disciples, follow me. And so their commitment is to Jesus. And in the end, you're going to become like who you follow. He called them so that they could become like him. Why call disciples? Because it ensured the quality of his ministry after his death and resurrection, but it also ensured the quantity of his ministry. Jesus' purpose in the end is to reach the whole world with the good news of his love. His purpose is evangelism, reaching out to everyone, not just these 12, but everyone. 
Uh, Robert Coleman long ago wrote a book called The Master Plan of Discipleship. It was a watershed book about the methods of Jesus in reaching the world. And in that book, he talks about how he searched and searched and searched to find how Jesus' methods of discipleship and evangelism worked. And he couldn't find any specific method of evangelism. And finally, he determined that people, people were his plan, that women and men were his method, that it was the method of working his truth, his life into people's lives, and then watching that life work into other people's lives. As you and I look at the ministry of Jesus today, we can see very clearly that the fastest way to reach the world is by multiplication. Not by having huge crowds of hundreds of thousands or even millions, but by having one person tell another person, and then that person tells two people, and those two people tell four people, those four people tell 16 people. It doesn't take long that way until the whole world hears. Jesus wanted to make sure that every person heard. And so he told 12 who would tell others, who would tell others, who would tell others. That's why he called disciples, apostles, to follow him. And what were they called to do? I don't know if there's any better expression of what these men were called to do than here in the book of Mark. You notice it says here that he, he set them aside to be with him and to be sent out from him. That's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus Christ, to be with him and to be sent out. You become in the end like the person with whom you spend the most time. And so if I want to become more like Jesus Christ, I need to spend more time with Jesus Christ. You become like the people you spend the most time with. If I, if I start to hang around a new group of friends, I'm going to begin to pick up their pet phrases. I become more like them. I'm going to begin to become interested in some of the things that they're interested in. You become interested and you become like the people that you spend the most time with. You, you, you look at a couple that's been married for like, like 50 years. Have you ever noticed with older couples like that how they actually begin to look exactly like each other even at that age? You become like the people that you, that you spend the most time with. I want to become like Jesus Christ in my character, in my passions, in my interests. If I'm going to become like him, I've got to spend time with him through scripture, through prayer, through worship, through ministry to others. By the way, ministry to others can be spending time with Jesus. Jesus says, what you've done to them, you've also done for me. There are many ways to spend time with him. When I'm thinking about him, even in what I'm doing, I'm spending time with him. You're going to become like Jesus as you are with him. This isn't some secret, complicated process of being a disciple. The word disciple literally means learner. That's the literal meaning. It means I'm learning faith. The only way to learn the life of Jesus is by spending time with him in these ways. But that's not all of it. It's to be with him, but it's also to be sent out. Now, it's interesting. This word sent out is, is apostolo in Greek. It's where we get the name apostle. Apostle are the sent out ones. They are, they are sent, they're going out under his directions. They're sent out. That's a scary word to some of us, out. No one likes to go out. It's a lot cozier to stay in. But out is where he's calling you to go, to a new place, to a new person, to a new country, to a new people, to a new ministry, someplace you haven't been before. That's where out is. And you don't know everything about what's out there, but Jesus does. That's why he's sending you there, because he knows you're the person who can meet the need in that place. He calls you to be with him. He calls you to be sent out. Now, before we talk to Jesus for just a moment and close this day, I want you to notice one more thing about these verses. 
at the very beginning, did you notice that Jesus called to him those whom he wanted? He wanted these disciples to be with him, these followers to be with him. And the same thing is true of you and I today. He calls those whom he wants. Jesus enjoys, he takes joy in the fact that you're following him. Now, to me, that's grace, that Jesus Christ wants me, a sinner, that Jesus Christ wants me, who stumbles, that Jesus Christ wants me, who so often is selfish, he wants me to follow him. But the truth is, he does. Remember, he has chosen you as a disciple. You're not one of these first 12 apostles, but he has chosen you as a disciple, and he wants you to be with him, to follow him. So let's talk to him right now. Jesus, we spend some time with you right now. Thank you for loving us. And help us to see your heart. Help us to understand the way you see things. As we spend time with you, we pray that we become more like you. And as we become more like you, we pray that we would see that you're sending us out. Help us to see the places to which you're sending us, the people, the opportunities, the ministries. Help us to see it, Jesus. We want to serve you. And we know that you use us as your hands and your feet in the world today. We are the body of Christ in the church. So help us to see where it is, exactly where it is that you are sending us. We want to be with you, and we want to be sent out. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to continue to talk together about what you and I can learn about following Jesus from these first disciples.